Welcome back to What the Fuck is Going On. We have a great show for you today. Continued fallout from the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. We have accusations from the Republicans that the DOJ and FBI were weaponized against them. We have a damning report from a Pulitzer-winning journalist on the U.S.'s involvement in the destruction of the Nord Stream pipelines. And a derailed train is carrying chemicals into Ohio, creating Chernobyl Part 2. All that more coming up right now. Let's get into it. going on there what do you got happy friday happy oh my friday. uh my head i'd support both parties i like it yeah the duality bipartisan yeah independent bitch <laughs> hell yeah um all right let's get into the run-up real quick uh today is friday february 10th we uh the fbi found another classified document at pence's home after a month ago his own lawyers found a batch they, after a five-hour search, they left with one document. I have, I have classified document fatigue, and I think that's the point of all this. Um, another object was shot out of the sky in Alaska today, about the size of a car. We have no more details than that as of the tenth. Um, but speculation is that it's another Chinese craft. Um, and then the size of a car. Well, the the balloon was a. Uh, Size of like three buses, apparently. Really? Yep. Holy shit! That's what I said. When oh I my that. god! Okay. All right. Well then, I guess keep going, dude. It was really up there. Like to be able to see it when it's it's something like. Well, yeah, that's it's true. Plain well, I think the balloon was sixty thousand feet, and that car thing was like forty thousand feet. Right. Well, they shot it down. Um, Good. They should have shut it down. And then the State of the Union, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene showed up with a balloon, uh, and shouted "liar" at <laughs> Joe Biden. And our boy uh, George Santos got called a sick puppy by Mitt Romney. Look, he's a sick puppy. Uh, he, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be there. He got called a sick puppy by Mitt Romney. But um, so George was in a Newsmax interview, which I've never heard of Newsmax. It's like a conservative. Okay, well, I figured like okay, Newsmax is the only place that he could get an interview. Um, but he's spewing more lies. When when was this Newsmax? interview it was after the uh state of the union okay um so more lies from him where shall i start i'll start with he claimed to step away from his previous employment to start devolder which is right which a, is his real name is, is that his real yeah, name that's his actual last name. i did not know that i think his name is anthony devolder <laughs> to start that company he said he started he stepped away from previous employment to start that company devolder in 2001 he would have been 13 years old <laughs> um and then he came out Wait, so he's only how old is he like 36 
I don't know how old he is. That's a good question. If we do the math. Well, look it up while I, while I years ago. finish his spew of lies right, here. Keep going. Um, he also wanted to clear the record on how he has never worked for Goldman Sachs and he has never worked for Citigroup, yet there is significant evidence in terms of him literally saying out of his own mouth that he has worked for Citigroup and has worked for Goldman Sachs. Um, and then Georgie he went Porgy, on, putting him pie. <laughs> he's an impressive human being. I'm I, I'm enamored by him. I really um, think he's going to be uh, president in 2028. I'll, you know what? I'll let's I'll write it down. I'll sign a piece of paper. If that guy becomes president, I will move out of this country. A lot of people said that about Donnie. Yeah, but I didn't say that about Donnie. Uh, yeah, I'll say it about this guy though, because that is ridiculous. Um. <sighs> But then he went on to say, I'm human, I've made mistakes, I've made peace with those mistakes, and I've come clean and on those mistakes. I thought we were the country of repent, ask for forgiveness, and move forward. So, food for thought, you know, think about that for yourself. Well, yeah. Do you think uh, you move forward from that? Because I, I don't. I, I mean, who among us hasn't lied about, uh, <clears throat> you know, our mother dying in 9-11 and us having cancer and there are besides maybe you today i don't know if that's what you're doing but <laughs> not well with this come on don't, <laughs> don't put me in that position um i don't know there's definitely other people that have lied about that but not in the position that he's in and i don't I, yeah it's also like the, the degrees to which how blatant his lies are so like, fucking blatant it, it's so ridiculous and the fact like i'm actually kind of upset that we're covering this i don't think anybody <laughs> should even talk about him yeah. Why does he even get the light of day on anything? He's obviously a lying, manipulative yeah. piece of shit. And even if he were to come to the table with something concrete, I have to dismiss it right away because of his past. Well, he's facing an uh, an ethics uh, investigation because <laughs> so the main thing, the main problem with him, I believe, are campaign finance violations, which that they'll get you for. They all have finance violations, so that that one I can you know kind of look past a little bit. Well, that's the one they don't look past because it involves money. Well, they're looking at the wrong person. Yeah, he's under investigation by the committee. Oh, he, no. Then he McCarthy said no, he's not under investigation. There are questions about him, so I don't fucking know now. There, there should be a lot of questions about him. He immediately stepped down from the two committees he was placed on. I probably at Santos? request, yeah, I probably at request from McCarthy. What is his like? Uh, I mean, I don't. What is his title? He's just a, a congressperson. He's a member of the House of Representatives from. Okay, so he's a member of the House. Yeah, New York's whatever fucking Long Island district. And like I was saying before, I, I definitely, it's an indictment on what the process of you know, getting into our Congress that this guy has even gotten this far. I mean, like, it's just, it's laughable. He's funny, man. That's why I recover him, because I, I, dude, he's entertaining to me. Politics shouldn't be entertaining. Well, it's a circus, bro. It is a circus, but now it just seems like a lot of these people want to take these positions just so they can get famous. I mean, this guy, I feel like, is just a dude who has been lying his whole life. And just fell. And he was just like, fuck, I got this far. Yeah. 100%. I can't argue that. Um, That's it for the run-up, though, right? Do you have anything else there? No. But I just, you know, just yeah. fucking think it's that guy's ridiculous. All right. Let's talk about this fucking train because this is depressing. But Wait, give me all the facts. Mm. 
So last Friday, uh, the third, uh, February third, uh, a Norfolk Southern freight train carrying some, you know, fifty cars full of uh, vinyl chloride, which is like they use that for upholstery. It's like a, a very toxic chemical. Yes, it is. Derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. Um, on Tuesday, authorities they started clearing the town, telling people they would be arrested if they stayed because not because the chemicals were going to going into the groundwater, which eventually they will, but because they had to do a controlled burn of these chemicals and let them out into the air. I mean, this video, bro, like legit apocalyptic mm-hmm. smoke cloud, just flume of chemicals. Uh, so on Tuesday, they started this controlled re- release to avoid an actual large-scale explosion of these chemicals. Um, and now they're telling people they can move back in, which I'm skeptical of. A lot of people are skeptical of. I wouldn't. Um, but to compound the issue, uh, during a Wednesday night press conference given by Ohio's Governor Mike DeWine, uh, News Nation reporter Evan Lambert was arrested while reporting on the presser. Uh, and then Mike DeWine had to later admit it was a mistake, but damage done. Like, Wait, what happened? Evan Lambert, a reporter for News Nation, uh-huh. got arrested. For, for co- what? For covering this story? Yeah, when he was at a press conference, the governor's press conference. Well, asking too many questions too loud or some shit. That's ridiculous. That sounds like something that would happen in like fucking China or like uh, in Russia. Right. Um, the good news is... <laughs> Uh, Norfolk Southern, worth $55 billion, offered the town of East Palestine, where this happened, uh, $25,000 for the town of uh, 5,000 people. So that's like... What's the town called? Palestine? East Palestine. East Palestine. How confusing. <laughs> yeah. Not the first Palestine where uh, shit's gone down, but certainly the, <laughs> the one closest to home. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like find... I, I read this thing about uh, how the chemicals... So that chemical that you mentioned, what, yeah. what's it called? Vinyl chloride, right? Uh-huh. Um, so that boils at 8 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, shit. What? Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure when it reacts with the air, it turns into another chemical. Oh, well, so that's why they're trying to avoid it blowing up because it could become more flammable when it's Right, and I'm pretty sure what that chemical is, and I think it's hydrohexafluoride. Uh, but okay. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. That's just the one that keeps coming to my head. I that's, asked a friend of mine who's a chemist, but she did not get back to me. That's toxic to humans at one ppm, mm. um, which is parts per million, which mm. is just like you know how shit goes in the air. Yeah. If I'm a resident of that town, I'm not coming anywhere close because that shit's gonna linger for a long time. I and know. if I were one of those workers, I I would have just. I mean. I guess a lot of them are public, you know, workers and stuff like that. But I, this is going to be a problem 10, 15 years down the line where, mm. like, people don't understand mm. what's going to happen to them. And it's just going to be like, oh, like, this person has lung cancer, this person yeah. has this, this person has that. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, it's going to get into the groundwater. It's going to get into the, the system. It's going to get into all the animals there. Um, people, and I'll put, I'm putting the pictures up, people that are local farmers for like 30 miles in different directions are reporting that their uh chickens are dying 
that there that there's a fox uh, uh there's text messages here from a, a fox like i don't know what not breeder but like someone who like takes care of wild injured foxes and like releases back in the wild they're like they're all fucking dying like fosters them or something i'm something literally like looking that. at a video right yeah. now of fish in a, a, in a public little yeah, creek yeah, yeah. two miles away from the derailment that right. are just turned up on their bellies right dude it's uh, not gonna be good well, and here's the thing too, and we're gonna post and a I video guess here. They from, can't just displace all those people. We're gonna post a video here from uh, this guy, Hey Johnny Russell. John, hey John Russell, he's like a, I guess like a left wing content creator, like a, a pro worker, pro union guy, and this is a video from a few months ago about this very rail line, and the unions have been saying for months, maybe years, that. What they're doing, cost-cutting measures, making this one-size-for-all, like, the way they're... The, here, we'll let him explain it. Rail workers warned us about disaster like this. I heard firsthand months ago about the corporate practice of precision-scheduled railroading. Precision-scheduled railroading is uh, shorter staff, longer hours, longer trains, less safety, less maintenance. Do I have all that right? Oh, you got it all right. I okay. mean, a, a lot of the derailments that you're seeing on national TV is one of a few... Yeah, so this precision tracking, cost cutting, destroy like you know, anti work legislation, getting rid of these unions, like the minecart unions, these people that are supposed to be responsible for making sure this doesn't happen, it does. It, right, exactly. It sounds like something that it's like, oh like we could like trim a little off here, we could trim a little off there and like how important is this anyway? Like this, this won't cause a problem. And the next thing you know, you got a fucking train tipping over with all these fucking important chemicals inside. And it's like, holy shit, maybe we should have kept all that shit in place. And the, and the plan is the best plan here. Well, the best case scenario, as I understand it, is that they, with this controlled burn, they, the runoff goes into ditches that they've dug and then they can destroy it better there. That's what the explanation is. I don't know. My understanding of it is that it's a liquid and that this liquid boils at a very uh, low temperature. Right. Eight, so eight if, degrees, that, you said. if that's the case, you can't, as soon as it's exposed to oxygen, it's just going to start to boil and evaporate. Right. So the controlled burn to me is just open it up and let it go. And there shouldn't be any residual left after well, that's just what I read. Um, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I mean, I could be wrong about that. Like, maybe I I read something faulty. I, I don't know. But that, that was just my understanding of it. Either way, it's not good for, one, the people, two, the environment. And three, these are avoidable problems that, I don't know, it, it's just negligence. I look, look at this. This is from Yahoo Finance. Norfolk Southern has a history of lobbying against safety regulations. The publicly traded company, which has a market value of $55 billion, fought the Federal Railroad Administration's push to upgrade the Civil War-era brake system that remains widely used in American trains, and against stricter rules on the transport of hazardous materials. Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, its employees still lack guaranteed sick leave. Sick! Yeah, right. There. Great company, bro. Good that job. That just happened recently, right? There, there was like the big strike because they just needed like one more personal day or sick day or something. I think like they that. got to like four. I think is in what they're they're I mean, that ended up agreeing on. Up, dude. Like, and all, but like, it's also I don't. I guess I don't understand it. 
Well, I do understand it. You need to put food on the table, but I don't think they really fully understood the power they have to like shut down the country. We have road workers. Um, like for a minute there, that was really scary for anyone who you know has any interest in moving any goods anywhere. I think even if some of them do realize they have that power, it's hard to pull that switch and be that conduit to you know like, be that person you need to take a, that. You step. need a critical mass. You do need a critical difference. mass, but even being that person to form that mass is it's a hard position to take. Yeah. The the only the big one that comes to mind, the big success in that has been Christian Smalls from uh New York helped unionize the first Amazon workers. Oh, I, okay, I remember that. Labor guy. union. Yeah. And that one kind of inspired the new Starbucks one that now actually tomorrow the eleventh, this this podcast is not gonna be out in time for people to, you know, go to it, but uh it, if you're if you're hearing this on the eleventh, you know, check out what's going on in Arizona because uh the NFL Players Union is actually co-hosting a rally with uh, a Starbucks union in Arizona to to help bring awareness to what Starbucks been doing. They're union busting. They're you know, uh, I, I why does the on, NFL feel like they have to have a hand in that? It's not the NFL. It's the NFL Players Association, who are not affiliated with the NFL. NFL okay, same question. Because they're pro they're a union themselves. They're pro workers. They advocate for the rights of their players. All right. Good they also for them, want to advocate you know, for helping, the rights uh, of, of workers. In other America. people after the same things. Uh, that's it, bro. You just don't. I don't know. You just don't see that a lot. <laughs> I. That's why I think it's a pretty big deal, man. I, you know, we have so much to fucking cover on this show. I didn't actually think of slipping that in, but it just popped into my head when we were talking about. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Uh, February 11th, the NFLPA and Starbucks workers are teaming up before the big game to rally for an end to union busting, whether it's on the field or in our cafes. Join us along with AFL-CIO as we make some noise for workers' rights. Hut Hut Pike. What exactly is union busting, like, defined as? Well, it's very it's very broad, but... Because, like, I don't think anybody should be able to just, like, form a union for the sake of forming a union. Why not? Um, because sometimes it probably doesn't make sense. But shouldn't you like have the I option? Shh. All right, that's that's fair. If you if you if you are presented you the option the to join option, a union, but it's also like and you option. decide it's not for you, that's fine, right? But as a company, like I don't know, if you know that's like I don't know, that's kind of a fine line a line to walk because like if you know if it's like an impractical thing, that that's a waste of resources if like all your employees are trying to do that shit. But also, you know, any employer is going to tell their employees that's a waste of resources if they try to do that anyway in june starbucks permanently closes busiest store in ithaca new york after the newly unionized baristas there went on a short strike to protest on sanitary conditions well first of all i am pro worker but you're a newly formed union and your first strike is to protest unsanitary conditions no get a raise you dumb fucks no am i wrong um I mean, unless there's, like, dead cats in the fucking coffee grinder, how bad could it be? I'm not a coffee know, guy, but hasn't aren't most Starbucks, like, very clean? Sure, but most isn't that one. Well. You know? And, like, I don't want to work around filth. What's what, what good is your paycheck if you're just fucking working around grossness all the time? That uh, actually makes your dollar worth more if you can work somewhere that, like, you, I guess, enjoy a little bit. You can be like, okay, like, they're paying me the same amount of money 
to work somewhere cleaner rather than dirty, I feel like I got the upper hand there. See, me personally, I'd take the money. That's me, though. Well, I see where you're coming from, but I, work, I, I think I work there's steps to slightly this. dirtier for slightly more. Now, now, if you want me to work for way dirtier for a little more, then I'll be like, all right, no. Well, that then that begs it's the question of how dirty exactly was it. And we just don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Fair, again, like I said, I should be giving them the benefit of the doubt, not fucking Starbucks, but... You're a pro worker, bro. De- devil's advocate. You're right. Always good to play the devil. But basically, that like Starbucks Union, Starbucks Union says the company has fired more than a hundred pro union baristas, not just to retaliate against them, but to chill overall enthusiasm about unionizing. Um, I wonder if that's like that's part. You know, that's part of the thing too that bothered me about this reporter, this News Nation reporter getting arrested during Mike Dewine's press conference because Mike Dewine apologized after that, said it shouldn't have happened. Like these Starbucks could tomorrow say, "Oh, look, the NFL." Uh, you know, partnered with them. We're going to meet them halfway on workers' rights. But they still did this. They still fired more than 100 people. They still uh, shut down a whole, you know, a whole shop and, and put 10-plus people out of a job. That guy still got fucking arrested for reporting, for doing his job. Like, these tactics are not designed for, like... Uh, I hate that. For not puni- they're not punitive. They're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'll get it. Hold on. Don't say anything. Uh, uh, fuck, dude. Hold on. No, 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 no. I'm going to get this. I have it. It's. No, no, no. I swear to God, I'm going to get this. I'm so close. Uh, a deterrent. <laughs> I got it. It is exactly a deterrent. Yeah. I don't know how much of that dead air I'm going to cut. But... Do you blame them for using a deterrent um for sure in the case of it's not moral for sure in the case of dewine uh or, or well that not no, okay him yeah. or his thugs i but, i well, agree it's, but th- my thing is like it's not i'm talking about starbucks but i'm talking about it all i'm trying to like i'm this whole thing like it's the same thing that happened when we talked about eric adams and the vaccine he's now allowing the workers to come back but they're not getting back pay they're not getting guaranteed their jobs anymore uh like damage done, sixteen hundred people got fired. Some families I see where you're coming from, got man. poor because of that. Some kid out there watched that guy get fucking handcuffed for doing his job and went, "I'm not gonna be a journalist. That's a lot. I don't want to do that." You know what I mean? Damage done. Some fucking uh, in Ithaca, New York, you know, some fucking Starbucks in Cortland, the town over, went, "Guys, we can't unionize. They're gonna shut us down." Like that's what it's about, and it's fucked up. That's what union busting is. That's specifically tailoring your business practices to say. No, we're not going to let this happen. The problem is now it's already happened. The ball is rolling. The NFL Players Association is here. So this is where it's going to get ugly mm-hmm. if Starbucks really decides to clamp. Which they will, I think. Yeah. I think Amazon it, too, I think. Almost every, yeah, I think every situation, I think it's in their best interest to clamp. I mean, they, they have far more resources than the other side does. And whether it's right or wrong, I think a lot of the time, sometimes it's who can present a better case. And a lot of the times that comes from who has more resources than the other side, whether that side is right or wrong, you know, it's big fish against little fish. Yeah, exactly. And so it it comes, is it a worthy fight to fight? Yes, I think so. But resourcefully, like. But we talked about it last week too. These these companies have the resources. 
They can afford to. Well, yes, sorry, that's where to I'm employ saying. petty litigation as a weapon. Yeah, they they can fucking just like. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. Th- these people have to stand on like real concrete fucking shit in yeah. order to exactly you know do anything exactly. Um, I, dude, I keep I want I I I'm gonna have to remember and, and maybe put it out in like a side clip that this woman whose husband they Amazon accuses of breaking a non compete and they've spent like forty million dollars like suing them and hunting them down. She says, I I, I have to read more into it, but it's fucked up. This the. This woman refuses to break the non-compete. No, her husband did, apparently. Break the non-compete. According to Amazon. And now Amazon's fucking but throwing it's very, the... But it's very shaky that he broke it. Like, well, I mean, if they've spent $40 million and they're still not... Like, nothing's well, and that, happened. But that's... Like, she's arguing that it's... For them now, it's about the principle. And she's like, they're hunting us. Like, they want this as a win. I don't know. And I agree with her. Well, Just uh, from what you've presented, I me. can't. I can't. Like, I don't want to go into it too much because I don't have. All yeah, the you're right. I don't want right. to speculate wildly. You're right. Um, so I'm going to move on to a story that was wild speculation for a while, and now seems to have a, a pretty significant uh, voice backing it. Um, so Seymour Hirsch, who is a Pulitzer, which Pulitzer winning journalist, he uncovered. Uh, the My Lai massacres in 1969 in Vietnam, which is like the U.S. killing 100 plus like innocent Vietnamese, and then also, you know, his journalistic career spanned 50 plus years because in 2004 he was the one who uncovered Abu Ghraib, this like horrible torture site, CIA like black site. Okay. And uh, still like gets smeared by a lot of mainstream press, even though he writes for the. Is it the New Yorker or the New York Magazine? Yeah, the New Yorker. Um, He published on his Substack. Do you know what Substack is, right? Mm -hmm. An article titled, How America Took Out the Nord Stream Pipeline, which, for people who might not know, is an extremely controversial take. Uh, When he, he reached out to the FBI and the U.S. State Department for comment, and they said, this is false and complete fiction as to his account for the pipeline. But as he says it, in June? Yeah, in June 2022, the U.S. Navy carried out under the ops, under the guise of an ops called Balt Ops 22, a widely publicized NATO operation, the U.S. Navy planted four, or I don't know how many explosives, but planted remote detonated C4 explosives on the pipelines in the Baltic. And that was in June, and then blew them up in September. Um, <laughs> a couple interesting notes before we get into like the hypocrisy and the, like, the blow up people have had. Um, he specifically said that Hirsch Hirsch specifically said that Biden sent the Navy to do this and on this NATO mission and not special ops who would normally do something like this because special ops actually has to uh, report covert ops to the gang of eight, which is like the eight people with the highest security clearance in Congress. Mm-hmm. So somebody in Congress has to know this stuff happens if special operations does it, but not in the Navy for some reason. So, 
that this is what Hirsch is alligating. Uh, yeah, alligating. Alleging. Holy shit. Dude. Where did he I'm get so like the information that we put C4 on the pipeline? He into? says it's a uh, an unnamed source. Well, very I'm, high up. So right there, I'm just like I'm right, right. I understand. Like I guess the whole point of this is that it goes against his, or not that it goes against what his, his regular norm is, but like I guess his his peeps are upset that he's uh, covering something that goes against their usual narrative. No. Oh well, one hundred percent butchering that. Not but. his peeps, but like yeah, the people you know, the corporate press are you know flipping out over this, and especially because America is actually categorically denying it. Um, so, oh, well, not necessarily categorically denying it though, but I mean th- that's ridiculous. But but uh, but listen, this guy like I, I I'm skeptical of unnamed sources too, but this guy has a Pulitzer and five George Polk awards like. This journalism award that Long Island University gets, which is gives out, which is more than anyone has. Mm-hmm. I don't see him just making this shit up. Maybe he has a bad source, but it's a pretty huge story for a very veteran journalist to. I agree. I mean, I, I, why would he just make it up? But I mean, exactly. I have to. I mean, I. I can't. Yes, everything point like I definitely I think I believe that we blew it up. It just makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. But I can't say for certain that that's fact. Oh no, I can't either. But it's a it's a certainly a huge stick in that ladder. Like that's a huge brick to build of the wall of like oh shit that definitely happened. That's a that's a really reliable guy saying unequivocally and laying out step by step a plan in a way that like makes it seem like he was fed some really detailed information whether or not it's true is one thing but well see that i guess that's just where i i missed it a little bit because like i i don't know that guy enough to look at him as like a a very credible source i right. guess and fair know? enough um but uh but but then you can also un- rely on your own common sense too though and still come to the conclusion that well, you're, probably... yeah, you're right about that because i mean like i just said yeah. after all i said Yes, I definitely think that we most likely did it. So in terms of that, in terms of that, yeah, it's it. I could say that what he's saying is fact. Or, or just at least it's a it's a huge contributing factor in my belief yes, that it happened. In in contributing to my opinion of of that being correct. Now that being said, like it's fair. I think it's very fair to be critical, especially because he has no real name sources, but. He, he he details a really like uh in depth like he explains the geopolitics of it how Norway was involved yeah so Hirsch sets the scene including Norway being the partner helping the U.S. in this um it makes sense he sort of explains how Germany is very reliant on Russian cheap Russian oil, not just because... So, so what happens is... It makes sense. Russia takes their... Uh, oh, fuck. Well, it makes Germany less reliant on Russia, right? And it makes... The pipeline? Yes. By blowing it up... Oh, blowing it up makes them less reliant. It makes yeah. Germany rest... Well, because Russia can't supply them, or if they are going to supply them, it's probably going to be super expensive. So Germany has to look elsewhere. Right. And, I mean, Germany's... 
geographical location, that works in NATO's favor. And, well, th- and they don't want... And you know who Germany is going to have to look to for oil now? Norway. Norway. Norway okay. and, and Finland and... So, you know. Yeah. That all makes... The Baltics, you know? It all makes sense. And I mean, like, I don't, I don't blame them for, I guess... It makes it makes sense on our part to also blow that up because I mean, what if Germany does grow a strong reliance to is, Germany's not NATO, right? Germany isn't NATO. Okay, they're in NATO. I don't know. NATO kind of makes things a little bit different because even if they are relying on them for energy and everything, like you're kind of. But it's and it's not. I here's it's a three th- three step thing too because it's not just about not having Germany reliant on Russia. It's about them not being too strong independently as well. Okay. Because they're the, besides Russia, but, they are the biggest uh, threat to be, you know, Europe's dominant power. Germany? In terms of finance, in terms of position. They were doing great on energy up until this. They're so small, though. I mean, they're not that small, man. Uh, compared to Russia and the U.S., of course, obviously. Yeah. But... That small country invaded almost the That's world. That's very true. That is very, very true. Twice. <laughs> that is very, very true. Uh, that slipped my mind. You can't really count them out there. That is very, very true. Yeah. There is one country that worries me, though. Not Iraq, not Iran, not North Korea. The only country that really worries me is uh, the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are history buffs or not, but... Uh, <laughs> In the early uh, part of the previous century, Germany decided to go to war. And uh, who did they go to war with? The world. <laughs> it had never been tried before. And uh, so you figure that would take about five seconds for the world to win, but uh, no, it was actually close. And uh, Germany decides again to go to war, and again it chooses as its enemy the world. Big one. Definitely should have remembered that. (laughs) We actually literally have a slogan. No, it's not never forget. It's never again. (laughs) Never forget's a different one. I can't remember though somehow. Um, But no, that does that does make sense. You know, we can't let them one be self sufficient and right right start branching out again because that doesn't work well for anybody and obviously we don't want them to be in the pockets of hirsch mentions in the article that merkel angela merkel who's no longer the uh head of the state but when she was she uh expressed support for emmanuel macron france france's uh prime minister or he might be the president i don't know i get fucked up with those titles in europe because some of them mean the same thing they just had that election i think it was um but macron uh Wanted a resolution in NATO to give Europe more self-autonomy when it comes to matters like this. Because we've talked about it on the show before, like, the U.S. is so far removed from, besides a nuclear war, any consequences from this. We, we, we produce, we're basically a net energy exporter. We are one of the best food-producing nations in the world. Like, prices go up a little bit and inflation has hit us, but, like, we are not going to actually have to make, like, life or death decisions the way germany and potentially france are we're just the puppet masters it, it is essentially a proxy war yeah and i mean 
I don't think uh, I don't. I'm not worried about anybody coming over here right now or anything. I could see how maybe things could escalate to that, but also we spend so much fucking money on our military. Oh, we are an iron fucking nobody's nobody tries to fuck with us. One because of the Monroe Doctrine. Hell yeah, boy. Hell yeah. You got that Monroe shit. And I mean, we got we got the best of the best. Yeah. I think I was reading the other day, the world has like somewhere between like 12 and 15 super tankers and two of them are not the U.S.'s. <laughs> so we have 10 of them. Or yeah, whatever. I think the U.K. has one, France 13. has one or some shit like that. Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing all right. That's why also like people Canada's are- Canada's probably like, thank God we're up here. People are freaking out about China. I mean, China, China's military but we're, we're, is nothing compared to ours. No, it's not. But like, also like, we're not removed- well, we are removed from consequence in terms of like, you know, like you said, nothing's going to happen to us. But I think it's, you know, like I, we were talking about Israel and Palestine before and how like, you know, there is something to say to be said about Israel. And there's definitely something to be said about our country, too. Oh, but we And we've said it. We've said many things. Right. And it's just like, I don't think a lot of people know about that. The horrors, the horror. Yeah, that's why guys like that's why guys like uh, Seymour Hersh are very important because they are the few people who are willing to say. I know I'm not gonna be popular for saying this, and I'm sure he got a lot of shit in '69, and I'm sure he got a lot of shit in '04 when he uncovered fucking torture pits. Um, and it's not necessarily viewed by people as patriotic. I think it's the most patriotic thing in the world. To say, this is my country and I love it and we could be doing so much better morally, ethically, uh, in terms of how we treat the world. Because it's, it's not about fucking over Russia uh, by doing this. I, I don't, you know, no guilt there. Germany is a NATO partner. We, like, the fact that we are cutting off the fa- their ability to heat their country is pretty fucked up and and we're doing it specifically so covertly because at at some point we're gonna maybe i'll do it before this clip in like this fucking highlight reel of joe biden and other senior military intelligence and political leaders in the u.s saying the Nord stream 2 pipeline is by hook or crook not gonna happen we're not letting it go through Nord stream 1 was already in uh in use and then the u.s sanctioned the building, the company that was building Nord Stream 2 is Nord Stream AG, which, by the way, 51% owned by Russia, basically. The other 49% is split between Germany, the Netherlands, and France. So the company that makes the, uh, you know, the pipes work is half owned by the three biggest powers in Europe. And we're like, yeah, we don't care. We're going to blow that shit up. If that's what happened. If that's what happened. Which, obviously, that that would be a ginormous conflict of interest. But that's why it had to be so covert. Well, I mean, how co- covert is it if two guys in fucking northern New Jersey are figuring it out on a like a on their podcast? Well, now it doesn't matter because the damage is done. Damage is done, but and they, we're not. We didn't figure it out. This is this is news now. Okay, but fine, also to fair, the, but, but they of, know that now. So now, what does Germany do? It's a good question. Germany also has different leadership now. They have a different prime minister. Well, I'm and really curious. They have a different uh, State Department or whatever their equivalent is, foreign minister. 
really curious how that plans out or plays out. I mean, if this is as obvious as the two of us draw it up to be, I don't think I don't think anything's obvious. No, that's fair. I think it's I I don't feel any more clear about the situation at all. I think this news just makes things more confusing. Okay, if especially the fact that Norway was involved. That that is true. That definitely threw me for a loop a little bit because I I feel like Norway doesn't get involved in much of anything. Um, Go on. I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit, but it just I don't know. It doesn't. Make... At least your train of thought wasn't full of vinyl sodium pentholate. Yeah, that's true. Fuck, that would have been so much better if I remember what it was called. <laughs> um, Go on. It just doesn't make sense to me that like. If all these arrows point in this direction of, like, again, who benefits most? Oh, USA. Qui bono? I mean, it, I guess it's covert enough that Germany can't put concrete evidence on anything. Because right. otherwise, I mean, for what reason would they not do anything? Um, just, I guess I guess there that would actually be a lot of reasons not to, yeah, to do anything. Just the general balance of power. In the world. Yeah, exactly. Like not throwing everything out of whack. But, uh, ba- basically, what uh, the U.S. did the world's is, just fucked up. It's a fucked up place. Basically, what the U.S. did is equivalent of Cortez burning his men's boats when they landed on the shores of Central America. He said, "We're not going back, so you might as well get ready to fucking kill all these Aztecs." That's what the U.S. is doing. Except we're not on the beaches with them. We are. Back across another ocean, saying, "Guys, you got it. <laughs> Keep well, going." That's the proxy war, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that shit's fucking nuts. I don't know. You think, you think by the time we're having kids, like that's gonna be their war? Like probably our parents were probably like when Afghanistan and Iraq were happening. Like, oh, it'll probably last a couple of years. No, I think twenty fucking years later, we're by still the time going. We have kids. I think it'll be more of the same. More of the same one. No, it's a massive. You think it'll still be going? This specific one? Yeah. No. Huh. Like this Russian Ukraine conflict and yeah. everything in between? No, I don't think so. Interesting. Well, also, I mean, like, we could fuck up and have a kid in the next two years. That would be worse than that Russia still being at war. That would years. suck. <laughs> um, but uh no, I, I don't think so. Do I think this war could end and another conflict could begin. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I the, the truth of the matter is we're never going to have a truly conflict-free world, but right, we I can definitely be doing better. I, I think the I and think also like it. the the <laughs> the people having the conflict, having nuclear weapons, is really the biggest problem. Like, if you guys would just put those away, then you can fight as much as you want. But let it hand those over to normal, rational people, and we'll we'll. Start shutting them down safely and slow. Like, like, there's no need for that. When it comes to a nuclear weapon, like, who is a rational person? You give that to anybody, and who knows what that does to your mental. Well, in, only one person has ever used one, so. What is, I, Nobody. I think, I think everyone who's had one has been pretty rational. Has anyone ever used one besides Truman? Who? Truman. Oh, okay. Harry Truman. Um, no, I guess not, but... What what you were saying was just take because I mean they have them but they're not using them, but you said give it to the rational people, even the most rational person. If you give them that kind of power, they might uh, well in turn this, into something. In this else. context, the rational people are the people who are 
going to like turn them off. Okay, That's what cool. I mean. Well, I'm I'm good with that. Like, uh, like give them, them to off, us like, people who are like, not just going get rid of them that aren't starting wars. And we'll while you guys slap each other it with out. drones or whatever. We're just we... gonna take it apart over here. Exactly. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. We're on the same page. That is what I am saying. Um, but listen, I could talk about this article for a long time, and I highly encourage everyone to go read it for yourself, and I'll link it in the show notes. If only whether or not you agree with the conclusion, even if you strongly disagree with his conclusion, um, the picture he paints of the general geopolitical situation in surrounding this war in Europe and the the energy politics surrounding this pipeline being blown up, no matter who did it, uh, are super fascinating, and I'm definitely not doing it justice. So definitely go check that out on Seymour Hersh's Substack. Um, and we're going to move on to the next story, the fallout of the earthquake in Syria and Turkey. I think uh, today I saw the count was at like 11,000 dead. Are you serious? Yeah, and I, I'm again, it's got to be more than that, especially because... There's so many areas in Syria where, like, a lot of people can't get to. Dude, that's more than doubled since when did yeah. we record last? Um, Monday, right? Monday. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. Um, and it's definitely going to keep growing. Hopefully it doesn't double again. But uh, obviously thousands more displaced homes, wreckage. Um, even still, though, to the, like, Turkish media is... You know, they say the first, like, 48 hours and disasters like that are the key to saving people. But even today, still, I was watching videos of Turkish families pulling people out of the rubber, like, rubble firefighters and... and like a lot? Yeah. Uh, crazy, right? Um, But no such videos coming out of Syria, which was also heavily affected by the, you know, it's where they, they border, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of Syria... Uh, and mainly, I believe the uh, that north area is the non-government area. Um, oh, and the, the area not controlled by the Syrian government. I think like there's the Kurds and all that, stuff. and rebels and and other uh, factions. Um, and the reason I wanted to talk about it today is not just because of the deaths; is also because so the head of aid group Syrian Arab Red Crescent uh, called for the EU to lift their Syrian sanctions. They said. There's no fuel even to send convoys because of the blockade and sanctions. I, we talked. We were talking about this earlier. I don't know if we were recording or not, but the U.S. and other countries have been pilfering Syrian oil, and they've the civil war has been raging there for over a decade now, mm-hmm. and they don't really have any resources outside of what they get imported. And the the regime, the Assad regime, who's been condemned by the U.S. State Department, they're essentially deemed a terrorist organization, and they're the U.S. sanction and the EU, the Western world sanctions all countries that do business with them. The Treasury Department will tell people like, if you're, you know, we can't, you'll get sanctioned if you do business with X, Z, and Y from Syria. Like Lloyd's of London, this um, we're gonna play this video from um, Joshua Landis from the uh, University of Oklahoma. He's their Middle East chair, um, where he's talking about like how even like these insurers, Lloyd's of London, will not insure a ship's journey if it's gonna stop in a Syrian port because Syrian ports are officially designated terrorist organizations by the U.S. because that money, they say, goes back to the Assad regime who they deem to be terrorists. So right. um, that's people are claiming that this, you know, the U.S. is stalling aid there. And to the U.S.'s uh, credit, they did lift 
they, they invoked general license number 23, the treasury, which is essentially a lift on whatever they say is, you know, not allowed, but it's still going to be, you know, these companies are still going to be touchy about going there because they're worried about repercussions. Do you think the United States should send aid? Do you think it's well, they the did? United... Well, okay. we did. We sent 85 million. The problem is, but after uh, it's going to probably have to be dispersed by Turkey because like we they can't directly give it to them. Well, that's how we're giving it to them because the U.S. doesn't trust Assad. They're not going to give the money to oh oh. The Syrian I government. see what you mean. Like Turkey will determine how to spend it, and Turkey is going to take care of their people first, for yes. sure. Yes, that's true. That's that's what uh, Erdogan's mo is. So. And Turkey needs it too. Well, not, yeah, you know, they I was need gonna it. say like I mean I don't blame Turkey's them. I would, I would help up, my people first. That earthquake, that I mean that's one of the. Uh, I mean I don't know. I, I mean, don't think I don't think people really realize we don't. I probably don't even realize, at a you know deeper level. Like I'm saying it, but that is one of the marquee disasters of our lifetime. Like, which one? What just happened? Certainly one of the biggest natural disasters that's happened. Well, 11,000 people in like a – yeah. No, Not I mean a it, week. It, it's, it's pretty it's, big. That number is definitely more than that. I'm just – I have an internal conflict in my head because on one hand, people need help. And like, you know, a human being is a human being. And like if somebody needs help, they need help. Yeah. But, but on the other hand, I'm conflicted because – like it's like the whole world police thing. Like, I, I just like we're just gonna send them eighty five million dollars. Like I, I don't want to send them eighty five million dollars. But they, I mean, the problem is not that we're willing to or not willing to send money. The problem is that we're specifically punishing innocent people who we would send the money to otherwise be, for political reasons because we don't like the people that are in charge of them. Okay, I see I see what you're saying. And here, I'll play we're going to play this video um from Joshua Landis on the Useful Idiots podcast. Um where he talks about how sanctions don't don't uh hurt the people they're designed to hurt. The problem with the sanctions regime, it hasn't changed any of the policies of President Assad. The 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 poli you know the political architecture in Syria has not changed. Assad is not making any concessions to the United States because of it. So it's become an instrument, it's become a collective punishment that hurts the most vulnerable people in Syria, and that's women and children. And today, when people don't have houses and they're sitting outside in the freezing cold, that, that's who's getting hurt, is the poor. Because the people who've got a few pennies to rub together are getting other apartments and are being helped by you know people they have outside. But it's the poor that are getting hurt. It's not Assad. He's eating three meals a day. And there's a, there's a lot of literature that suggests that these authoritarian regimes strengthen because of sanctions, because everybody becomes totally dependent on the handouts from the government. Yeah, okay. I th that, that makes more sense to me. Like, I, the people are suffering, not the actual, like... Uh, not the power structure. Right, not the state itself, mm -hmm. you know? And, okay, I, I can sympathize with that. Yeah. We will not allow banking services or anything else to go through to Syria. If you try to put GoFundMe and you put the word Syria in GoFundMe, you get an automatic answer back saying you can't do that. We can't trade with Syria. So 
All these companies have already put in place these very complicated protocols, and they've educated all their people on where you can send money and where you can't. So even though Washington says, oh, we're not stopping that aid, no company is yeah. going to do it. Lloyds of London isn't going to insure those ships. No ship is going to go to Syria. How are you going to convince them to do this, to change all their protocols and to rearrange it? You're not, because they know those sanctions are coming back. They're going to snap back as soon as you know this is out of the news. And um, it's just not, it's not going to happen. So there is a, a massive detrimental effect from the sanctions, despite Washington trying to, you know, deflect. But as you know, as we saw from that video, like you can't, if you try to send a GoFundMe to someone in Syria, it wouldn't work. Supposedly, the that's what the Treasury Department's license number 23 is supposed to do is, is let you do that now. But it, oh. it, so far, it has not come to fruition that, that you okay. still can. Well, so, when did they, do you know when they actually lifted that or, or Title 23? Yesterday, February 9th. Okay, so I imagine it might take like a, a minute for things to fully come around yeah um but i mean i don't know that i'm just i'd rather just not uh i'm gonna say something stupid if i keep talking about it i personally would rather just let the poor people die i don't understand why it's such a big deal <laughs> <laughs> i said there i said the stupid thing for you oh there so you, you don't go have to do it well that's not exactly what i was thinking but i couldn't stop thinking it okay <laughs> all right uh we have one more story this uh this House Republican subcommittee on the weaponization of federal agencies, yes? Yes. You were looking into this one. Tell me about it. Okay. So from what I've gathered, this is a, a subcommittee put together by Republicans on how the Democrats have been, as he said, weaponizing the federal government. From what I looked at, the whole reason this came about was because last month when McCarthy was voted into well, – he's the Speaker of the House, um, a lot of the votes that he got from his Republican counterparts had the contingency of we want this subcommittee so that you know we can basically air out all this old laundry and, and get our say in. Right. I guess, you know. A lot of it was surrounding their beef with the Hunter Biden laptop and how that was handled too, right? Um. I think so. Anyway, I I am sure that definitely came up. I mean, it, go on though. You're on a roll. So, um, Tulsi Gabbard spoke. She spoke for oh my queen. Don't, don't let me get too far into her. But anyway, um, <laughs> get she spoke for like a good like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. Um, mostly about how like uh. Hillary Clinton smeared her, um, saying that like she was a Russian asset. She was groomed by Russians. Jesus Christ. Um, Mitt Romney uh, accused her of treason. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, which is a pretty serious allegation. I think uh, we put people to death for treason in this country. Yeah. Um, At least she's not a sick puppy like Santos, though. <laughs> she's not. There's no sick puppy. Um, she talked, and then she went in talking about uh, big tech censorship and how Let's go. specifically her Google Ads account oh, yeah. was suspended I in 2019 after when she trended in the debates the, after the primary election and everything. Uh -huh. And then, without explanation, it was she sued restored. them as well, right? Um, I didn't see that. She did. She sued them for that. Um, then she started talking about this is really like a. I don't know. I, I don't really like to put like labels on things because like I just don't. Are you about to say it's like a show trial though? It, it's like a hit piece. 
on the Dems and and like the strings that they've been pulling. So you think it's partisan? I think it's partisan. Because the accusation that a federal agency is being weaponized as a political entity is like a major one. And that's something if it's a real thing we would want to take seriously. Yeah, definitely. But, but you I, think it's just more of a... Uh, I'm not uh, dismissing that part of it because I, I definitely do right. think that's still part of I'm it. I'm not genuinely asking too. No, 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 I'm I, not understand. Like to no, no, no I understand. No, 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 I understand. I yeah, understand. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there is definitely a, bar, a bipartisan part of it because, I mean, right. from what I... The Twitter files and everything, it seems like the Democrats benefited more For from sure. that than anybody else. For sure. So... That's not to say the Republicans wouldn't have done the same thing. No. They just weren't in the position to. No. And in terms of doing the same thing, like you said, if if the shoe was on the other foot, Mm. one would come after the other. And and I think they're looking at it like if if this was us and you were – if we were you and (laughs) – If I were you and you were me, if God was one of us, just you know, a I would, of us. I would do this to you and you would do it to me. So like, right. I, they just you, me, you, all me, is me, you, me, me, you, me, you, 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 me. Um, all is right and love and war or whatever the all fuck they fair. say. All is fair and love and war. Um, you know, George Santos invented that line. <sighs> fuck George Santos. He fucking he invented the alphabet too. Apparently, um, she <laughs> focused heavily. She was talking about Hamilton sixty eight a lot. Oh, the dashboard? The dashboard that uh, they pointed to as Russian propaganda and right, ended up right. being a lot of not only yeah. not Russian accounts, but not bots. It's American propaganda about Russian propaganda. Yes, and we, we covered that a little bit on the, the podcast. But she wasn't the only one that talked. Um, Senator Charles Grassley. Chuck. He's, he is Charles, but... Okay, Chuck, whatever. Good old Chucky! Um, he, How you doing, Chucko? He came after... Uh, he blasted partisan media and Democratic leadership for spreading fake information about work conducting senator fake Senate news investigations. And uh, Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, yeah, uh, he kind of brought it back to Trump a little bit and saying like it's bullshit, like how you impeach Trump and everything like that. I didn't like that one as much. That that just kind of seemed like a. I, I thought they had decent ground to stand on with the other two. What um what t- Tulsi was there? What like as a, a witness? Because she's not in the house or anything anymore. Um, they just called her as a general witness about her getting well, it's a hearing. So I guess her. About no, the she wouldn't be a stuff. witness in that in that case. Um, well, they weren't. I think she's she's siding with the Republicans. I know it's not, but I'm, t- I'm saying like you can't like you, you can side with the Republicans too. You can't show up in the committee tomorrow and no, talk. no, like, no. They have to invite you. So yes, I'm, like, yes, I'm but I don't. I don't think she's a. Maybe she's, she's not. A I'm saying she's not a sitting congressperson anymore. She hasn't been for over. So years. I don't know. So she would have had to been like invited as somebody's. I don't witness, at someone's discretion. I don't, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know which side, but it's it seems okay. like well, it seems like the, you know, obviously someone that's a Republican. Yes, it's a Republican subcommittee. Were there any Dems on the subcommittee? Not sure. Interesting. All right. Um. That's about like that whole uh, if the shoe was on the other foot thing. I was having an argument with someone today, and I would be interested to hear the viewers' thoughts. We were talking about George Santos, and uh, he was saying that this is a phenomenon. I don't want to say he's saying it's exclusive to Republicans, but he was saying it's much easier for someone like Santos to become uh, a grifter, a line grifter for the Republicans and get on the ticket than it would be if he was on the Dems. Because he would never sniff the ticket. And I also disagreed. I said, 
if I he just played his cards a different way and he was leaned into the the gay Brazilian drag queen and played identity politics and like Yas queened up the vaccine, like he could easily get on the ticket for the Dems. Like both parties' bases are so susceptible to manipulation. Yes, they are both susceptible to manipulation, but I just think that on the Dem side of things, it's easier to have like an outlandish view of something and it be accepted than it is on the Republican side of things. I don't think that either. I think it's just as equal. I think Republicans will if if you're on my team, I will I will let you shift the Overton window of what I think is fucking nuts. Well, I'm not talking if about I'm, teams cuz I agree with that. But that's what I'm that's what it is though. That's what these people the people on the left if they were like George Santos is on our team, if he's going to make sure that we get to have our, you know, drag queen shows in I think there's a line there. For I, some people I think the yeah, what's I, the line then? Uh, well, that's a good question. I don't. I don't and think you it, can clearly it, define it, a line. Is it closer for Dems than it is for if, Republicans? That's the argument. If he, because I think it's just as equal. I think it's a little further on the Dem side. I think it's a little bit narrower on the Republican side. I think if he was on the other side, I don't think he would have got as far. So you do agree with the other the guy I was arguing with then? It. Uh, Saying he got for, I'm uh, saying he would have got further on the Democratic side. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. I'm allergic to politics. <laughs> um, you're so I'm right in the middle of this argument. You think he would do better as a Dem? Yes. My friend thinks he would only he would do worse as a Dem. I think he would do exactly the same. Just like <laughs> he would have to switch the actual policies. He couldn't. No, be... I think he would do better as a Dem. Why? You, oh, because you think tolerate, they buy bullshit more easily. I think they can tolerate I that I disagree. Better. I think people on the right just as easily tolerate bullshit. They think that there's like pedophiles in a pizza shop under, you know, they think QAnon, Mike Pence is like not drinking people's blood. Like they, there are nut jobs on both sides. Yes, there are nut jobs on both sides. But I, I, just I think, think it's pretty equal, honestly. The overall like scope that I get from the Democratic side is like change and... Uh, progressiveness that's kind, true kind of thing that is their message and in terms of like what george santos presents to me is like a different kind of animal a different uh well, kind for, of congressman first of all he's a sociopath he's a fucking freak okay <laughs> he's a fucking freak and nobody should ever listen to him about anything um and i think if he had a podcast i would listen every day every single day if him, and Trump, if him and Trump had a podcast, well, it would know. be appointment I I listening. I definitely fucking wouldn't. Oh, my God. Dude. Um, but I just – I don't – I think there's a little bit more of a, a freak card on the damn side than there is a Republican A freak side. card? Yeah, like, you know, they they got AOC. They got Kamala. They got fucking – they got all these fucking weird people. And then on the right, they got Mitch McConnell, and he just fucking sits there like this, and he's like, I wish it was 1776, and I <laughs> wish I could fucking – Sit next to fucking Benjamin Franklin and everything could be the way it was. He doesn't wish that. <laughs> no, but that's what I think when I look he at is, him. He is as happy as he could be. In his <laughs> well, fucking, I hope I never live that guy's life. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to close out, folks. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed, please rate us five stars wherever you listen. Spotify, Apple. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, send it to your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NextGenForward. Next gen, the number four W A R D. Kev, you got anything you want to plug? Um, Says your butt. No, that's already plugged. All right. Uh, no, that's it. Good night, everybody. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I love you.
Man. I love you guys. There it is. <laughs> do, 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 do.